whatever in the bank. So you kind of gravitate, you know, towards your thermostat. You know, people set their thermostat to a certain thing in their house. It's the same thing mentally uh, with this is everybody has a baseline. And I think personal development is the manually resetting of your baseline. Like if I can make a decision that I'm going to, you know, whether that's, I need to increase my skills, increase my network, increase this, and I can manually reset my baseline, my thermostat, a little higher every year. Now I'm only gravitating 10% out of the, you know, out of that level instead of where I started down here. So to me, personal development is manually changing, you know, the line in the sand over the years as we go. Dude, that is, that's deep. I've never heard of it mentioned that way, but that actually makes sense. I mean, I would never... What's up everyone? Dan Rivers here, Rivers Capital Group with the Compound Mindset here with my boy Dusty. Thanks for joining. Absolutely. Um, this is episode 14. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about personal growth with Dusty today. I'm super excited. Anybody who knows Dusty knows he's a freaking beast in the real estate world, but um, even more impressive is how he's grown personally over the last 20 something years. So we'll hop into that. And uh, first I just want to drop a quick wisdom moment. Uh, this is one that I know you talked about too is adding value to someone. I mean, what's the worst thing in the world? It's when someone has to pick your brain type of deal, but people are willing to help, especially around Charleston. We have some great people around here. If you just add a little bit of value, it doesn't mean you have to really do anything. Just just try to add value or offer to add value. It goes a long way. So I just want to start with that wisdom moment and um, let's get right into it. We have um, Dusty Keith here. Dusty, as a lot of people call him the mobile home guy because, you know, he basically lives in mobile homes and tried not to a lot of mobile home parks. <laughs> but uh, he's definitely known as the mobile home guy and the creative finance guy. Those are two big things. But uh, who is Dusty? Right. Yeah, so, yeah, wasn't always a mobile home guy. Um, started out in single family houses. Uh, we actually started out, <clears throat> me and my two best friends at the time in college, we, we read a book. I think it was like how to make a million dollars in three years without cash or credit. And we were like, that checks a lot of boxes because we don't have cash or credit. So this is awesome. <laughs> so we uh, got that book, read it, led us to a seminar, and uh, went to a five-day boot camp and knew just enough to kind of be dangerous and got out there and started making offers. Did our first deal while we were still in college between classes. And, uh, yeah, first deal was in Mount Pleasant. Just took a little paint and putty, put it back out there on the market, sold it, did pretty well on it. <clears throat> and uh, we were like, wow, we know we know everything now. We're 20 years old and just made 70 grand, right? So we, uh, we decided to uh, wait till after school, after, uh, sorry, after Christmas break of our senior year from other two partners. And uh, one was at the Citadel, one was at Clemson, Civil Engineering. We waited till after Christmas break to tell all of our parents, none of us were going back to school again. And that we, cause we had read Think and Grow Rich. We had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it was like, man, like once your mind expands to a certain point, it can't contract again. And we were just like, man, we were, we were just wasting time in school. So yeah, we were fired up about, uh, about getting out as quickly as possible. So we 
kind of, you know, one of the one of the um, stories in this book, Think and Grow Rich, which is the one of the first copies, 1937, first edition. Thought I'd bring it for good, good mojo. It's actually handwritten in there. It's, I know. There's some, some kind of crazy note. Yeah. But um, there's a story about one of the generals goes to a foreign land, you know, and the first thing he does, they're highly outnumbered. One of the first thing he does is orders his troops to burn the ships they came on. And I was like, that's exactly where we are right now, guys. We got to, like, our ship is school. Our, like, our fallback is going to get a job. Let's burn those ships. And, like, so we we burned the ships, and we all quit school, and we started doing real estate full-time, gave us no retreat. We were like, this is the only, this is all we're doing. This is going to succeed. All three of us went all in, and that was about 22 years ago or something like that. I think that's uh, amazing to be on, like, a journey. I know it took me about 39 years to discover personal growth. I was not the kind of guy that wanted to read or do anything outside of school. You know, I just school, get a good job. But for you to be 20 years old, read these phenomenal books that we still preach to this day to, oh, yeah. to read and uh, to burn the boats. I like that. It's a good analogy. Oh, yeah. We were we were just crystal clear, like, this is where we're at right now. We need to burn the boats. And Let's your parents go. supported you full, full record. My parents supported me oh, because okay. because we I had, believe it or not, I'd already had a business at that point where I had, like, 100 kids working for me. You know, during, you know a little sales job. We sold Cutco knives back in college. And, uh, so did my wife, by the way. Yeah, you guys I would recommend it to any kid. Stores. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it taught me a lot about people, a lot about sales, but, um, you know, they had already seen me do some stuff that was like a little out of the ordinary and they're like, damn, all right. So yeah, we'll fully support you. So. And your dad's a business owner, entrepreneur as well. So yep. it probably helped, right? Yep. Yeah. He understood. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, that mom reported theirs were a little like, what the hell are you talking about? You don't just drop out of the Citadel in your last semester in civil engineering, but he was, you know, a wild man. So we, we, we did it. I think that's just that's just amazing because especially back then. Now you're hearing a lot more. I, I don't remember the percentages, but I know college <clears throat> rates dropped down. The people mm -hmm. applying to college, kids applying to colleges. But back then, it was like that was the biggest push. Oh, I man. mean, you are first question out of your mouth when you're 20 years old. How many people ask? Oh, what, what school did you go to? Right. Where'd you graduate from? Oh first man, you, you were considered a, a loser if you didn't go yeah. finish college and get a job. So that's the first thing we did. We didn't have social media back then. But uh, we did something called the cell phone challenge where we just went through our cell phones and deleted everybody who was a hater back then. Like, if you're not, if you don't have a common future as me and we just have a common past, then we probably don't need to talk for a while because I'm on a mission, you know? Oh, my so, God, I love so. that. And you went from being the loser to being the mobile home guy. So, I mean, that's <laughs> like, you jumped. Full circle, baby. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me a little bit about, um, we know who you are. I, you know, I know... Over the years, you've built a great portfolio. You do have your mobile home parks. You have, I know you have, you've done a lot of creative financing. Mm -hmm. You've gone through, I mean, you've been doing this since you said early 2000. So you've gone through 08, 09. You've lasted mm -hmm. through that. You come through. I think one really cool thing you do, and I hope you don't yell at me for saying this, but uh, mm -hmm. a lot of people talk about leveraging and always leveraging everything, especially a few years ago when interest rates were, you know, like 2.8, 3%. Mm -hmm. You don't have, you own your home free and clear. Like mm -hmm. you have a little bit different, like, I feel like you operate a little bit differently when it comes to your personal assets versus your investment assets. Mm -hmm. is, is that true? And if so, like, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's true. I think, um, I'll talk about building that financial moat around your family where you have a certain amount of free and clear properties that if, you know, shit hits the fan and all goes to hell in the handbasket, then we're still, we're still good. You know, the family's good. We're taking care of, you know, all the, necessities are, are good to go even if you know properties don't appreciate or this one falls you know whatever like 
uh, market changes and all of a sudden you can't sell properties. And believe me, I have that t-shirt, I was there and uh, might still have a little financial PTSD from that time because it was, it was rough, man. It was like, you know, if you had 10 or 15 renovations going on, you know, you were shit out of luck because overnight felt like at the time, you know, the world changed very quickly. So just having gone through that, and I came out the other side, you know, we I did some of the best deals I've ever done during and right after that crash. You know, we started, everybody had problems. It wasn't just the average person. I mean, we started, I just went bigger. I went double down and started flipping beach houses and everything else back then. And, you know, did, did some of my best deals then, but, um, but yeah, now I'm kind of like, personally, I kind of want to have everything, uh, to where I'm not over leveraged. So all of our cars, all that kind of stuff's paid for obviously, but like investments, that's okay. If it's good debt, <clears throat> you're out there leveraging and making money with them. I'm totally, totally for that. But just personally on any of our personal stuff, I like to kind of have it a handle just for peace of mind. And, you know, when couples argue about money a lot of times is the root cause and I just don't want to ever have that argument it's just peace of mind for that where it's just one less thing to argue about so yeah I, Angie's awesome by the way you guys yeah, have such a good relationship is. and maybe this is part of it uh, plus you're just such a cool guy I um I don't know I just think that's so powerful like especially over the last few years like I've been saying everybody's like leverage 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 or you know that's it's cheap debt which it was and on the investment property mm -hmm. I have so many great investment properties with cheap debt on it but that peace of mind, even as an entrepreneur, you tell me if you feel the same mm -hmm. way. Um, we not we don't necessarily need. There's a lot of people in this world. Probably 98 percent of people need safety. They need to feel mm -hmm. safe, whether it's their home or their job or whatever it is. It's safety, and that's just a human instinct. We sure. all need to feel safe. But as an investor, as an entrepreneur, a lot of times mm -hmm. we just like push safety aside and just go, go, mm -hmm. go for stuff. But this is a good mix to have that little bit of safety, that fallback. God forbid, shit hits the fan, as yeah. you mentioned, but. But at the same time, you know, you could be risky, just be safe at your yeah. home environment. It lets you balance that gas and brake pedal a little bit. And if you have your personal stuff handled, you can go, you know, a lot more gas in the business department. So you can afford to take some risks that you might not have taken otherwise. Um, so, yeah, it affords you that luxury where you think you're not leveraging this, so it might slow you down in reality. If you've got that handled, you can go all gas on this. So I, I love that model. Anybody? watching this, listening to this. I mean, I just think that's absolutely amazing. It might not even be, maybe it's not your regular house that's paid off. Maybe it's one or two investment homes. If you had to, you could shift over and move into mm -hmm. it or sell them on the cheap and still get your money back or whatever it is. I like that. Um, use leverage as a tool, but still have a little bit of the safety. Yeah. Stuff. And it's it. not right or wrong. It's just, yeah. you know, what we do. So, yeah. I mean, I know at least right now, it's not the same thing as 0809, but in June of 2022, that switch kind of turned up mm -hmm. a little bit. And I know for a lot and of how long have we been that. talking about in the coaching program? Like, yeah. like it's coming. I mean, I know it, it looked like all roses forever, but now we finally got a little taste of it finally shifting just a little bit. Yep. And just that little shift has already kind of corrected a lot of people's business models or people have had to pivot already. Right. Mm -hmm. Imagine it 20% worse, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. At least so, values have kind of held strong, but I mean, as you see, like the market just kind of sits, those interest mm -hmm. rates are really hurting us. No signs of them going down. Like, it is a different market right yeah. now. You you can't just flip a home and do a half-ass flip right. and expect to sell it. Like right. you got to give higher quality. You right. got to be a little bit more creative. Um, which means you got to spend more money. Which yeah. means you got to hold it more time to get those things done. And it's going to sit on the market a little longer. So all those things, you know, compound to be, you know, something you got to budget for and deal with. So yeah, it's good to 
good to know where you're at in the market. No, absolutely, absolutely. I want I want to pivot a little bit. We could talk business all day long. Absolutely, I'm talking business, creative finance, all that stuff with you. But let's get to know Dusty a little bit more. And um, he's a coach at Clear Vision, um, Clear Vision Coaching. Uh, he's an amazing coach. I know he's helped a ton of students there. And I wanted to ask you, like, how do you see personal growth? Let's dive into personal growth. How do you see personal growth, and like, what does that mean for you? Yeah. So it all started. It really started with this book. That, you know, Thing Grew Rich for me back in. Back in when we first started, we moved into our first house in Charleston. Man, we we were buying a house on lease option, came fully furnished. We we uh, got rid of all the TVs because we didn't want distractions. I mean, we literally went all into books, courses, whatever. And I mean, we took <laughs> sounds crazy. We took down a picture that was over the mantle that came with the house and put a picture of Napoleon Hill up, like literally in our living room. <laughs> so we were just crazy, you know, when we got started. That's awesome. And uh, so, yeah, we, we dove full in that and how to win friends and influence people and, you know, a lot of Zig Ziglar stuff and Jim Rohn, which we can talk about. But, yeah, for me, personal development is just, um, you know, a lot of people have comfort zones. It's kind of their equilibrium. You know, we all do. But and people generally don't gravitate more than, you know, 20% in and out of your comfort zone. You might have a windfall or a deal. Mm-hmm. You spend it or you might you know, get low and get motivated to get some business going. You, you kind of gravitate, you know, when you're say getting started, it might've been a thousand dollars in the bank. And now it might be seven figures in the bank is your baseline where you start feeling anxious if you don't have a certain amount of money or whatever in the bank. So you kind of gravitate, you know, towards your thermostat, you know, people set their thermostat to a certain thing in their house. It's the same thing mentally uh, with this is, Everybody has a baseline, and I think personal development is the manually resetting of your baseline. Like, if I can make a decision that I'm going to, you know, whether that's I need to increase my skills, increase my network, increase this, and I can manually reset my baseline, my thermostat, a little higher every year, now I'm only gravitating 10% out of the, you know, out of that level instead of where I started down here, so... To me, personal development is manually changing, you know, the line in the sand over the years as we go. Dude, that's that's deep. I've never heard of it mentioned that way, but that actually makes sense. I mean, I would never. I can just think of like my personal growth over the years. I've been pushed by Kelly, mm-hmm. part of Clear Vision, and being pushed by her. And I didn't realize that. But that's the best way to say it. It's like you really are increasing your baseline because mm-hmm. you just think you're. I guess that is the way of growing, but you're right. You're staying within that comfort level. So if you're making 500,000 a year, maybe you make 750, right. but like your comfort level, but if you could push that baseline up to mm-hmm. seven, eight figures. So I look at personal development just as your tool belt. Mm-hmm. Like how, what tools do I need to change the thermostat, change the baseline to the next, next level. And then before you know it, five years goes by, 10 years goes by and you're, you're just completely different from where you started because you're, you're, you've changed your standards to be so much higher than where they were 10 years ago, five mm-hmm. years ago. Do you find yourself when you're doing that? Do you find yourself every handful of years? <clears throat> is, is the circle around you changing or, or is Absolutely. a lot of the circle doing the same thing? So Jim Rohn has a quote, you know, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And that's absolutely true. And yes, that's why we go to masterminds. That's why we go to all these things. People are like, you know, you get the haters are like, why, why do you go to these things? You pay to hang out with these people. Like, yeah, I do. Actually, we pay to keep people like you out of the room as well. We really pay to go. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, you go to these things and you lock arms with people who are leveling up, you know. And you can't help but 
you know, the rising tide raises all boats, right? So you can't help but level up. If everybody around you that you spend all your time with is leveling up, you know, you will too. I can't agree with you more. Like, it's so funny when you, well, first of all, getting a coach or, or having a mentor and then being in those rooms and then committed to personal growth. Like I was talking to someone uh, the other day and they were talking about how they haven't been reading enough, haven't been basically growing personally enough. So they've actually plugged it in their schedule three days a week, certain times mm -hmm. for personal growth. It's that important. They realized that they were missing out on it. Mm -hmm. uh, to move their baseline. So I'm a huge proponent of personal growth. Really, I've only been over the past few years, but I've, I've seen mm -hmm. what it's done for me. Now I kind of get addicted. Um, oh, yeah. Tell me a typical day for, uh, for Dustin. <clears throat> I'm just dying to hear this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get up at 3.30 in the morning, run a marathon. Okay. You know, with David okay. Goggins, me and him go up. No. 45-minute uh, ice baths? <laughs> ice baths, <Yep>. no. <laughs> Don't do any of that. No, I, I get up early, probably, yeah, I say early, maybe around 6 or something have coffee with the wife and, and uh, read every morning. Uh, usually made a list of things the night before that are uh, things just to get them out of my brain so I can sleep easier. And in the morning, review it, maybe add a thing or two, and then circle one or two things that I'm going to you know knock out that day as a top priority. So if you have more than two or three priorities, you really have none. So I try to focus on one or two things, knock that out. And if they're high level enough, they're important enough, then that's a success that day. And that's why you work at pace. There you go. And then you come yeah. here and we just hang out. There you go. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, let's go back into coaching a little bit more. Um, first of all, why? Why? Let's start off with why? Why did you get into coaching, or how did you get into coaching, and why do you still coach to this day? Yeah. So, <clears throat> anytime you can help somebody remove that layer of uh, you know fog, where that you know they they have these self limiting beliefs like I don't have enough knowledge, I don't have enough capital, I don't have enough resources, and you watch where. You say, well, actually, no, that's not, none of that is true. Those are all just self-limiting beliefs you have that aren't actually rooted in truth. You, you have all the money you need. You have all the, you know, resources you need. You know everybody you need to know to get to do, you know, amazing deals. So as soon as you see somebody go from that belief to this belief and now totally change their life, it's just, you know, super rewarding and fulfilling. And, you know, and we've seen a lot of people come through the coaching program, including you, who were, you know, you started here. I don't want to give away your your whole story, but I mean, you said you started before coach. I mean, a couple of years before coaching, your your first year in real estate, you're making like twenty six thousand dollars a year or something like that, and then you know, look at you now, you're seven figure guy and team of people who are super talented. So just watching people like you come through just over three years and watching where you're at now is super rewarding. So yeah, no, I I, I agree wholeheartedly, and it's it's. Just being on the calls and watching what you've done to certain people and people who will take the advice and people who mm -hmm. will go for it. But I was reading a book the other day, actually, and they were talking about just how the, literally we're growing, like as we're a kid, you just basically have these dreams. And then as you grow up, people just keep on telling you, you know, you're crazy and mm -hmm. squashing those dreams. So I personally feel coaching like what you do. It helps remove those 18 mm. years of schooling of people telling us, no, you can't do something. And now you're going back and you're telling people, no, actually, you can do that. You can do that. You can do this. Yeah. And, so. and that's, I think it's just more powerful than I think people understand as far as like, and I know I, one of my biggest things about being a dad is I'm going to try my hardest to make sure I don't put limiting beliefs because it's just mm. something that society does. So it's easy oh, yeah. to kind of push down. Well, it's. It, it originally comes from a place of love. You know, mm -hmm. your parents are like, you know, 
It's weird because, you know, you grow up and they're like, you can be an astronaut when you grow up. You can be anything you want. And then you get to a certain age where they're like, be realistic. Go get a thing to do this. Go be a, get a job. Go to school. They're saying it because they want you to be happy, start a family, you know. They want grandkids. Yeah. You know, they don't want you to move back into their house. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> but uh, in reality, you know, they tell you things like money doesn't grow on trees or takes money to make money. And none of these things are actually, I mean, true. You know, mm-hmm. it does take money, but it's, it can be other people's money, of course. We all, we all know that, but the average person does not know that. They think, you know, we know people who buy, you know, $20 million apartment buildings with none of their own money. But an average person without the tools and the knowledge and the resources and the network to look at that and go, impossible. Yeah. Just impossible. That's another reason for these masterminds and stuff. You go mm-hmm. to a world where people are doing it, you now see it's attainable. And that, right. that again, like you said, the baseline of personal growth lifts mm-hmm. you. I mean, that ceiling lifts. When you see other people doing it, mm-hmm. and then you hang out with them later and you see how bad they are at singing karaoke, you're like, that guy <laughs> owns $20 million dancing? in apartment. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. He's that good at building apartments, but so bad at singing. Uh, um, such a um, good time. Sorry, so we talked about why you coach. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me maybe... Um, from one of your coaching students, maybe a success story. You don't have to share a name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you one that's counterintuitive, like coaching somebody now that, you know, we, we kind of got into a point where money's not the main objective anymore, that he's really trying to optimize happiness, which I completely agree with. That. Yeah. And, you know, one more house isn't going to change his life. But, um, you know, he read the book Die With Zero, you know, which is all about, you know, trying to opt, trying to schedule it where you actually die with zero. But the idea of it is, you know, enjoy it now. Don't wait till you're old and can't enjoy it. Kind of like four-hour work week, but with the idea of, you know, he's trying to optimize life experiences, travel, that sort of thing. And money's really not that important. So now we're at a, we're having a different conversation, you know, every call. You know, it's kind of like, all right, so one more house, which we just closed. Now he's close to $20,000 a month and passive. And now it's kind of like, all right, how, what are we going to do with that? What, what you got coming up? Tell me about the trips you got coming up. You know, are you carving out enough time for, you know, your wife, your fiance, or, you know, your family, your travel, all this stuff. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Just having a different conversation. Ah, dude, I love that. I read that with Sarah. It'll yeah. absolutely phenomenal. But living forward is another good one. Two mm-hmm. great books about like planning out your life and living it to the fullest. Yeah. I think that's really cool. So like it goes from business coaching to basically somewhat of a life coach where it's like, you're right. There is enough is enough. Like have that Tony Robinson um, money master. I think that's a good Mm -hmm. book that he wrote about. And I was reading it and talked about how um, basically a lot of people are like, I want to make $50 million. Well, that's great. Well, write down, this is what he says, write down a budget of your dream life, everything you would do in a year and what it would cost. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, let's just say it's just for easy sake, it's $500,000 a year. So you need $500,000 a year. Um, basically, let's just say $40,000 a month, make it nice and easy. So if you made $10 million, your total net worth was $10 million, and you made 4% on that, mm-hmm. or 5% on that, sorry, that's your $500,000 a year. So you don't need $50 million. You right. need $10 million making 5%. Right. You need $7 million making, what, 7, 7.2%. Whatever it is, you don't really need the fifty million. You right. may want it. Like it's it's funny because I was like, talking about this the other day too about like how net worth. So it, like I focus. I mean, your PFS bankers want to see your net worth when you're getting loans and things like that. Mm-hmm. But net worth only goes so far. It's really your cash flow. Yeah. 
it's your passive income. It's your and once you hit fifty million or whatever, I bet it would be kind of an empty goal inside if you didn't have something beyond that or a reason you were hitting the fifty. If it's just arbitrary, I'm going to hit fifty million dollars. You know, it's going to be meaningless when you actually get it. Mm -hmm. So you got to think about what kind of lifestyles are going to afford me. Who am I going to be able to help? Um, what am I going to do with that? So, yeah, I don't like setting goals just for just for uh, just for goal's sake, just to pound the chest. But you know, what? How, how is that going to change my life, and how is it going to change people I can affect's life and my sphere of influence? So. Yeah, and by no means am I saying, hey, you want to make fifty million, you keep going for yeah. it. If that's truly what your passion, following your passion, mm -hmm. I'm all about that. Like success to me is fun to do, I and mean, you can give more back. Whatever mm -hmm. cases, but. There is a certain point where, like, you're happy and you're, and you can, just hit that certain numerical goal that you're like, hey, I don't necessarily have to work anymore. I can do everything I want. I can give ten thousand dollars a month to charity, whatever the number mm -hmm. is. And I can do travel as much as I want to travel, and I could still, you know, live in a house that I feel comfortable in, or whatever mm -hmm. the case is. And I, I just think that's so powerful to be able to, um, really look back and say, hey. I am truly happy where I'm at now. I think that's something that maybe it's the American dream and society mm -hmm. and how we go. It's like, it's hard to just say I'm happy now, mm -hmm. but like, it's okay. The one thing I've grown to say, it's okay to be happy right now and want more. And then it's exactly. okay to be happy again a little bit further and want more, right? It's, yeah. Make incorporate happiness into the journey. Mm -hmm. Don't make it a destination because you may never get there. And if you're going to spend your life miserable trying to get happy, yeah. it's a waste, waste of time. So like that guy Ray Gonzalez had said, if yeah. you don't enjoy the journey, how are you going to enjoy the oh, outcome of that exactly. journey? you got to enjoy that journey yeah. and make it fun. And no, I'm a true believer in the that. The journey is the reward. So exactly. you got to learn learn to enjoy it for sure. And then when you really realize it, especially when you start like sitting back and living life, it's you, you buy some of the expensive things, you do some expensive things, and then some of the most fun I've ever had, I've told this story before, one of the most fun things we did in Italy was we went out to a, whatever dinner with me and my wife. Then we got a bottle of wine, a box of cookies, sat on a wall in Luca and listened to a concert that was playing down below us. No cost besides a bottle of wine and cookies. Mm -hmm. Sat there for two hours, drank, had some cookies, spent quality time together, and listened to awesome music outside. Yeah, that's the definition of being rich right yeah. there. Yeah. You know, being able to do bad. stuff like that, um, just a richness of life in general, mm -hmm. being able to do things like that with people you care about. Mm -hmm. And it was just, and it doesn't have to be Italy. She's like, yeah. we'll do that at James Island right. County Park. You can listen to yeah. the same music and have a <clears throat> food stand, mm -hmm. food truck, uh, food. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we could talk about that all day long. Oh, yeah. How, um, a couple more questions for you. How do you, we talked a little bit about personal growth and how it pushes you each time. How do you, do you, like, analyze personal growth? Do you sit back and be like, hey, I need to put more attention on this or not? Mm -hmm. Or does it just kind of come natural? Like, how do you? Yeah. So, uh. I do it personally, I and mean, even me and the wife, once a year, just get away and go do the Wheel of Life exercise you know, that we do in coaching, mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of like a circle, you know, and it plots out like it goes like two through ten, like I'm a ten in this area or I'm a two in this area, and it's health, it's wealth, it's, you know, family, spiritual, you know, and you kind of map out, and you, the idea is kind of get it around as, as possible eventually where it would actually roll, and it's kind of a fluid, you know, situation, but... Uh, you don't want it too out, out off kilter, but at least the exercise lets you kind of see where you're at. So we we do that once a year together, and then you know I try to do it quarterly uh, myself, and then in between, you know, I'm just kind of journaling and keeping keeping track of uh, of that kind of stuff, and just write down, you know, at least weekly, you know, mm -hmm. what's going on. So 
I love that. I love that. Me and my wife put that a couple of years ago, putting goals together mm -hmm. and doing, but the will of life on the implement as well. Make sure yeah. it's a well balanced, not just goals, but like where mm -hmm. we see our life right now. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, this is a, this is a good one. I like to ask people. You going to throw me a curveball? I'm a 30 curveball. All right, let's go. You know, it's the most common ball hit out of the park, you know. Curveball? All right, I'll knuckle it then. <laughs> what advice would you give your 15-year-old younger self right now? Oh, gosh. Uh, it's got to be 15, not 16, not like 15. Yeah, I'd say, first of all, don't don't wish your youth away and enjoy being 15. Yes, yeah, that's a good point. I had a blast when I was 15, but uh, enjoy that. Second, uh, yeah, I would... I would uh, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You probably got some shitheads in your life. You know, get get some people out, some people in. Get around people who only listen to people's advice who are where you want to be. And um, probably I would say get a get a sales job early as possible. Um, you know, get out of busing you know, restaurant jobs or things that aren't going to progress your skill set. Get a sales job. You'll learn how to deal with rejection. Um, you'll learn how to deal with people, um, and it's invaluable. So I'd say that and get started with a retirement account as soon as possible. Cause obviously even if it's just 500 bucks, mm -hmm. get started. So, uh, that compound, you know, financially can start to take, take root by the time you're 25, you got something going on. I love it. Great advice right there. Listen, yeah. um, from old wise, I'm sorry, young wise, <laughs> young wise, he's younger than me. He's, he's a year younger than me. Um, tell me about your, your, I say greatest hurdle for your person, personal goals. It might've been a struggle at the time, but now it's, um, it's probably just focus, man. Just, uh, staying, <clears throat> especially after you've had a little success, you know, you get a little too comfortable and uh, it's just like with that, you know, the kind of the thermostat, if you stay where you're comfortable, you know, too long, you know, comfortability is kind of a gateway drug to just a life of mediocrity. You know, you've got to take massive steps to, to move that forward and reset that baseline. But for me, focus is, you know, just coming back to some of your goals, writing them down, coming back and reading them often. If you don't focus on it, you'll drift away, especially if you're comfortable. Get away from it for a couple months and come back. You've lost the compound effect of, you know, having good goals and all that. So probably just focus, man, just coming back to that and being aware, keeping it on the forefront of your mind, what your, what your intentions are, what your goals are. I love that. It really is focus. It's always, especially the last handful of years, everybody was successful. So everybody knows about real estate. Yeah. And were genius. Everybody knows yeah. what to do, yeah. but it's a whole different ball game doing it. And then it's a whole nother sport, you know, doing it consistently for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So focus. It was something that I heard, uh, or probably read in the book, whatever you want to do. It's talked about, in a nutshell, mastering your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And that's, right? Yeah. And like, how many people do you know master, <laughs> but how many people do you know master their comfort zone? Right. Once they get into their comfort zone, they master it. They're not going to get out of it because mm -hmm. I just started listening to the good, not great, because it's good. It's good mm -hmm. in their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. It's not great, but it's good. And if you're truly happy there, listen, I don't, yeah. like, if you truly are happy, then stay there. Yeah. Like, but how many people... You know, you ask people this, and I had um, asked someone this recently, too. It was like at the end of all, oh, a good friend of mine down in Tampa I saw when I was mm -hmm. here uh, last week. And we were just chatting about business and life. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And we were kind of talking a little bit. And I was like, really think, if you're on your deathbed right now, what regret would you have? Like, truly think, would you regret not doing it? Would you, would you regret, like, mm -hmm. doing what you're doing right now and, and 
And he like thought about that for a minute. He's like, no, I definitely want to like go for something. I want mm-hmm. to he didn't know exactly what it was at the moment, but it got him to think of perspective. And I think the problem is so many people master their comfort zone. And then by the time they really do want to make mm-hmm. a change, not necessarily too late, but they definitely feel like it's too late. They it, believe it's too late. Yeah. It becomes too late. Yeah. And good is the enemy of great. Cause if you're okay with being good, you know, great's a lot of work. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, man. It's uh, some powerful stuff. All right, we're gonna go to the compound round. That's what I ask everybody. All right. We talked a little bit about. Uh, you gotta answer quickly. All right. As fast as you can. You got forty-five seconds of question. Uh-huh. Um, um, but let's chat with a little bit about. We talked about personal growth. Is there any other area right now that you're focusing on the compound mindset? We got health, uh, whether it's physical or mental health, <clears throat> um, wealth, relationships, faith, personal growth, and making the world a better place. Is there something mm. else that you're kind of like? That wheel of life, is there another yeah. area that you're pushing a little bit towards? Yeah, definitely the health piece. We've started, uh, started that and um, started, you know, like Frazier says, just add 2,000 steps a day as a good first step for anybody. And eventually you want to get to 10, 12,000 steps a day. So definitely doing that now. And, um, you have a tracker? Just following a better, no, I need one of those things. I didn't know if you get, well, this doesn't yeah. count steps, but there's ones oh, yeah. that do count steps. Okay. I didn't know if you had a tracker. Um that's a good point. I have an Apple Watch. just don't wear it very often, but not a tracker, right? Oh, nice. Yeah, I think so. I think Apple so, Watch got some apps. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely definitely the health piece. Because, uh, like like we say, you know, a uh, person who's healthy has a lot of wishes. A person who's not only has one. Mm-hmm. So it's about time to start taking care of that and uh, just make sure we create some good habits there. And uh, other than that, man, I would uh, probably the giving back piece would be something to start focusing on. I know you guys do a good job of that. So we try, <clears throat> we try. That's so all you can do is just yeah. the first step, right? That's right. No, I love that. And, uh, I feel like, like I've mentioned before, we're about the same age and mm-hmm. I feel like, especially when I don't know about you, but when I hit my forties, I was like, all right, got to start thinking about health again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. Start. Things start uh, randomly breaking down. You're like, yes. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> yeah. What's this new pain? Why, why does my foot hurt? You know, it's never hurt before. <laughs> just one from walking. Yeah. Oh, I feel that. Um, I want to talk, I kind of mix these next two ones together, but, um, mm-hmm. what's your definition of success for you? Like, how do you see success? And I think it's just living a joyful life. You know, I don't have a money number that's like now I'll make success cause you'll just, you can always make more money. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that's just an empty goal. So, I mean, it's good to have financial goals, but you just, I wouldn't tie my happiness to it. So. I would just say living a joyful life and helping bring joy to other people is a, is a success, you know, at the end of the day. I love that. Just being happy. And you do. You definitely live life. No one yeah. even thinks you work. You just live <laughs> life. <laughs> I promise I do. We're all like, this is so cool. You, never, you only work those three hours. That's right. Um, this is going to be powerful. I know you've already brought up Think and Grow Rich and a couple of other books, um, but any book or podcast or audible, anything that's resonated with you lately? Um, the Tim Ferriss podcast or podcast and his blog mm-hmm. are some of the greatest collection of interviews of the greatest minds in every category that exists. So I'd encourage everybody to go check out his blog. It's been going on forever. It's been one of the most successful ones on the internet forever. But I mean, every category you can click through from business to health to finance to I mean, just random stuff. I mean, how to memorize a deck of cards in two minutes, you know, mm-hmm. in order. 
you know, stuff like that. I mean, just everything, you know, everything you can imagine. He's interviewed somebody who's the world's best at it. So I would definitely check out his blog and podcast. He has a book called Tools of Titan. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen Yeah, that's, yeah. It's so that's cool. a compilation of a lot of the podcasts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I've read, it's cool too, because you can read like a story. It's like six, eight pages and just read a story about something. Mm -hmm. And the coolest thing about his book, about two thirds of the way down, he had like his morning routine. Mm -hmm. And like you joked about earlier, but like oh, I take, you know, the, the cold bath, run a marathon. But the really cool thing, and this is what I did, was he's like, he basically does four or five things that are easy and quick. So it's mm -hmm. not this crazy morning routine. It's, I wake up, I drink 32 ounces of water, I stretch, I do 20 push-ups, and I read 10 pages. It's like, that's he's, doable. He's a master at what he calls the minimum effective dose. Mm -hmm. So anything that gets you 80% of the results with 20% of the effort, you know, the Pareto principle, yep. he's all about that. Whether it's working out with kettlebells, you know, for a much shorter period of time, or um, he learned Japanese and like, you know, with only 20% of the characters, like instead of 10,000 characters, like he realized most of the language came from there. Like he can apply the principle to all these things, but yeah, he's a master of the minimum effective dose to get 80% of the results with 20% effort. I love that. So yeah, definitely worth following that guy. Okay. And anything by Jim Rohn, uh, he had a massive impact on our personal philosophy. We didn't even know what a personal business philosophy or any of that stuff was when we got started. But, um, I mean, he's just like talking to your grandfather. I wish I would've got a chance to meet him. I never did. I met Zig Ziglar, but never, never met Jim Rohn, but you know, just nuggets. Like we talked about the five people you surround yourself with. We talked about, um, he had a lot of great sayings, like don't become a millionaire for the money, become a millionaire for the type of person it's going to make you become to beat, to get there. Mm -hmm. Just little things like that I heard when I was 20 years old that I, it was just a click for me and then um, made all the difference. Or, you know, don't wish things were easier. Wish you were better. Um, wish you were better. Yeah, better. <laughs> he has an amazing cadence to the way he yeah, talks. He really does. Yeah. He's such a powerful speaker. Um, was, the, you'll have two, there's only two regrets, the, or the or two disciplines. That, how do you say that? The pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Yep. He said, but discipline weighs ounces, regret weighs tons. Mm -hmm. It's like, damn, that's so true. If you really listen to If you look back and regret anything, man, that just weighs tons. But discipline just weighs ounces if you just do it all along the way. No, but honestly, he's one that I, uh, it's funny, I have Seasons of Life, and then I have his greatest hits or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And he's one that sometimes, and guess what? We all are like this. I want everybody to understand this. Like, I don't care who you are, and Dusty will admit mm -hmm. to if he doesn't, I call bullshit. No matter how successful you are, how how driven you are, you, we all have days where we're like either we're just down, we just feel mm -hmm. like we suck, or we just like can't get motivated, or whatever the case is. And I pop on Jim Rowan on those. No, oh, yeah. Just to get like, all right, I'm excited again. Oh. Get me going. Yeah. If you're not willing to risk the unusual, you'll have to settle for the ordinary. Is what he says. Mm -hmm. So true. Uh, just all kinds of good nuggets like that, man. It just wisdom hit me at like a young age. And, yeah. And I, he had a 20-set CD that was a uh, pack of CDs. It was him, Zig, and I think Dennis Waitley or something. I just wore those things out. Uh, you mean It might have been. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had to order that course like four times maybe. I just wore the CDs <laughs> flat out. So, But, yeah, that was a good one. Dude, that's just so powerful that you, growing up, you went in that direction. I just, uh, I mean, I, everybody has a path for a reason. I'm glad I had the path I had because I gained the knowledge because I did. But holy mm -hmm. crap. It's just so cool that from 20 years old, you became an entrepreneur. 
Mm-hmm. And from then on, you just, just crushed them. So you've had ups and downs. And we'll chat yeah. again about your business oh, yeah. ventures. But uh, it was nice really getting to know yeah, you man. a little bit more. Uh, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, it's been fun. Let's, let's do it again. Absolutely. Thanks, man. At the Helm headquarters. At the Helm headquarters. All right. Peace out. Let's make the world a better place.